Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A grain of rice, a grain of rice, it wants to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer a whipping bite of monster. Okay, folks, how are you all doing? Um, near, near the end of March, you're welcome along to the Irish Examiner's Hurling Show. We are back, baby, as the fella says. Uh, wanted to come back before Cheltenham, but TJ Ryan said no. He needed a bit of time to study and uh, priorities had to be gotten right. But look, this morning, we weren't too sure. But then we saw that the ever-given boat has moved into Suez Canal. So we said it was time to get going. So we made a few phone calls and we're ready to go. I know it wasn't quite that simple now. It was planned. But uh, the, light, the two usual Lachicos are, are here, um, TJ. And Marco, and delighted this morning on his Easter holidays to be joined by Derek. Derek, how's things? How are you going, Dilo? How are you? Not too bad now. Good, good, Derek. Good now, yeah. All good, all good, yeah. Tis a, tis a kind of a funny time. We'd be nearing, we'd be a good bit into the league now, wouldn't we? And uh, we'd, we'd have probably been on our fifth or sixth show, I suppose, at this stage. And uh, I just thought one of the gas things was yesterday, like, just Twitter, good, farting around, looking at Twitter. I was actually waiting for the golf to start to watch the whole match playing the golf course. Uh, I see one up from uh, Tomas O'Connor, uh, Kirk, former Cork midfielder, uh, and he kind of basically said, uh, would love to be on the way to Pierce Stadium today, you know, pouring rain and wind in the West Coast anyway yesterday, and he said it'd be a good barometer of what's needed, to be followed quickly by a tweet from his former teammate, I think he's still in Canada, John Gardner, Mark, is he? And yeah, he said, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was always busy the week before Pierce Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think now, lads, we 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 pay to go up and be stuck in traffic in Salt Hill for an hour and a half to get to a league game, wouldn't we? It's ferocious, Dela. Yeah, I, I I love your your dumpy introduction there. We're back, baby. Is that back, baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that was one of the things from the other night. Uh, yeah. You know, poor poor old Stevie Kenny. He's he's, oh, he's that's, just, that's that's the downside of Twitter at the moment. I know, I know. Yeah. And I fair play to. Had- it's still not answering up, and I'm not going to give in there. No chance. You don't need, as I've always said all through last year, Mark, you don't need to be on Twitter. You have yeah. enough of your spies out there that are bringing you back all the, the necessary stuff. Yeah, Larry's in the dark. Larry's in the dark there somewhere. Um, but he's there. Uh, Larry, lovely piece you wrote 
and Stephen Kenny and the whole Irish setup thought was balanced, Larry. Unlike some people, fair play. Thanks, Dale. I was, I was, you know, I was thinking of TJ actually last night. Are we going to stick to the plan? Yeah, stick, stick to the plan, lads. Yeah, I know how Stephen Kenny feels, and yeah, I think we need to stick to the plan. You never really had a Luxembourg moment, though, TJ, had you? Jesus, I was close once or twice, Dale. I think I don't really want to go back to that era. Now, now that we've kind of uh, we've gone past the threshold and we've moved on, yeah. Let's 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 as Larry said, let's stick to the plan and talk about the currents. Ah, yeah, we we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. Um, but. Uh, that's Cheltenham was good tea, was it? Uh, it was okay, yeah. It was, the results were okay. I'd say we probably were all in the same boat with Envoyalan and maybe Shaquan Pushwa. We uh, we went down to Swanee, but from a breeding point of view, it was successful enough now. Lucky enough, I have just at Alaho. I would have called fall about three and a half weeks ago. So I was delighted to see that Hoss being the highest rated Hoss now after Cheltenham and the Arts. So, I have an interest in uh, Ellie May, who finished a half in second to Cole Reeves, so the half-sister to that as well, who happens to be a full-sister to Goshen, so... Yeah, well, I was, I was go- thinking about your map when I, when I saw Goshen going a bit it all over bit, the shop, going down uh, the back straight. A bit temperamental, all right, now, like, you know, a bit like John Milan, maybe, or whatever, you know, <laughs> he gave Sonny O'Brien Murphy an old pork, like, you know. Kind yeah, of, he didn't finish like John Melanda. No, definitely not. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> no. get the results either. But uh, no. I'd no. say he'd probably be better off going right-handed. And I hope I see him in punch or something, to be honest with it. But um, uh, look, it was just to be able to watch the races more than anything, to be honest. And uh, great coverage again. But the big thing is, like, to win. Of the 23 out of the 28 races were, were won by Irish trainers. Um, a lot of different owners as well, and a lot of the small men. We said Paul Hennessy and Gavin yeah. Cromwell and guys like that who were having the first and second winners there in Cheltenham. So it wasn't all William Mullins and Henry de Bromhead, um, which was fantastic. But it's, it's great for the sport in Ireland, and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, it's, it's a bit long tomorrow. Right? Having to watch it on your own at home and stuff like that. But um, uh, I actually went down to the pub uh, on the Friday on my own. Oh, geez, a couple of cans of Guinness watching the Gold Cup on my own. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I sent yeah, a few yeah. pictures to the lads. Where are you? They're saying, I'm blowing the pub. What? <laughs> I said, I'm here on my own. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. You followed Derek? No, not really, but it was emotional enough for us this year. My father, was, my father passed away at Christmas and he was obviously, he actually met TJ a few times now in, in Chetland. I think over the years, if TJ might remember, my father was probably starstruck meet, meeting TJ. So, in actual fact, he was one of those few that. He snuck the Cheltenham last year, I suppose, and he shouldn't. We collected him off the plane. He was one of the fellas that was in hiding, quarantined for two weeks after he came home. I collected him last year on the, on the I think, on the 13th of March. And I remember, you know, I, I given him a, We had actually finished school that day. It was the first day of the lockdown, I think, and I collected him on the Friday in Dublin Airport. And himself and my uncle, James, and brought him home. And I remember my mother stripped him at the door, you know. <laughs> She'd get off all those clothes and put him into the... Put him into the washing machine and yeah, he was a fanatic on Cheltenham now, loved the horses, you know, loved the hurling of the horses and he's gone there for the last, it was religiously for the last 12 years and yeah, this year was emotional now because he passed away over the Christmas and tough watching it now, but look, I'd be one of those fellas, when we're in UCC, you think you know something about the horses and during, during Cheltenham you'd be down there with the, with the pen in the ear and you're listening to everyone more so than anything else, so I know nothing about it, but I suppose Cheltenham or the Gold Cup traditionally in the house we, 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 we'd kind of have a few bets but other than that wouldn't have a real interest in it but you know be, be listening in I suppose as to the progress of the Irish all the same 
Yeah, I'd say like with your bit of spending money in college and you're kind of having the pencil in the year and then you're looking at the spending money by the end of the week. So it's a good crack, all right? Like, but yeah, you're tum- you're tumming home then as opposed to getting the bus, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. and you bring, 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 bring the hurley in the bag, you were always getting to lift the killer, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great trick of mine. I went to LIT yeah. for about four months and I suppose. I'd be getting the bus money after mother, like, yeah. and kitchen, like, but it was all, it was the main road that time, no yeah, waterway, yeah. but I've now Flannan's bag and a hurley. You couldn't, you couldn't fail to get a lift back to the village by a Friday evening or Thursday evening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great stuff. That's a, that's a brilliant story about your dad, like, especially. Yeah, I, 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 don't remember, I don't remember meeting him, Derek, though. Maybe it's such a, like, a Yeah, he, he'd be kind of probably, you know, not starstruck, but he'd probably just say, he'd come home and he'd say to me, I saw who I saw over there was TJ Ryan and I, I was staying in the same, same hotel as Sean Vaughan Brennock and I was, he wouldn't really approach people as such, but he kind of, he'd, he'd, he'd cop them for want of a better word, you know, he'd kind of say, oh yeah, I saw him, I saw him, I saw Jimmy Barron, for instance, he'd often see you over there, I think, you know, as well, so he'd, you know, he'd be kind of copping fellas that he know would be interested in, in the horses and uh, he'd relay it back to me, so he's like, like Mark Lander's spies, he was my spy on the ground over, over in Chelsea, <laughs> was like, what was going on, you know. <laughs> And dad, and dad had TJ Ryan much drank when you met him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I've been a regular to, uh, to Cheltenham for the last uh, 12 years as well. 2009 was my first year going. I have to say, like, National Hunt Racing would be one of my passions in life. Hurling, obviously, National Hunt Racing. Then I'd read up on it every single week. I love it. I love the buzz of being on one that's tanked and coming down the hill. And you think that you're on one coming down to the last. To me, it's one of the real kind of drove of life trying to make sure that you pick the right one got a bit of luck on the Friday I text um, my buddies Matt Landers and Anthony Daly with a 40 to 1 shot on the Friday Derek and both of them thought it was talking shit I got I got plenty of wrong too like, so that's the beauty of national dressing but in terms of buzz just before you go on sorry uh, you did say at the bottom of the text like not really a tip no, was, I told you it, wasn't really, it was my own pick I just Picked the line of form in, in grade two where he had finished well behind Not So Sleepy, who had run well in the champion hurl on the Tuesday, Dale, as I explained to you again, but it was my own pick. But in terms of uh, sporting uh, occasions, it, for me, it is as good as they come. And to me, this year, I think the crowd was a massive loss. I just can imagine, like Rachel Blackmore, the heights that she reached in 2021, I think... Over there, in fairness to the English and the Irish, they take to somebody, like over the years, the likes of Mackay and Ruby and Barry Garrity, Davy Russell, they've really taken to them over the years. I see Rachel as being a huge fan's favourite. I'd say the reception she would have got this year would have been phenomenal. And like, what a display. And like, just as I said, sure, in terms of sporting achievements, for me, it's as big as they come in recent times, I can show you that. Yeah, it's... it's th- it's actually the Irish sporting story, I'd say, 2021, so far, for oh, sure, no. and, and we'll be there right soon. And the amount of lads, that we'll, we'll start talking about hurling now in a minute, but the um, <laughs> amount of lads that I've been talking to since on the phone or, or text messaging or whatever, and they say, I'm definitely going next year. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and that, that is the, the general consensus is that hopefully uh, over the next couple of months, the things will start to ease up, even though the numbers on a daily basis are still very high. But there is a huge appetite for people to spend money. And I think there will be some, some, you know, a lot of people are predicting a recession. I think it could be quite the opposite in actual fact. Like there were people busting to go on holidays, go and spend money and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I think there's going to be a huge sludge there will come. But people, you know, there's no harm that this thing has happened because it has 
taken away. I, I, I think, you know, a lot of people have actually come back down to ground level and are starting back talking to people and not this pace of life has slowed down dramatically and they're rebuilding relationships with people that they haven't maybe spoken to for, for years. I think that, that the pandemic, <laughs> that is one thing that has come out of the pandemic. Like, you know? Yeah, maybe a bit six months, a bit too long though, I think, you know. <laughs> I'd have, uh, but look, yeah, there, there's, look at everyone has their own take on it. And I suppose, look, that's, there's no doubt Netflix are meeting today and there's, there's, there's talk. And it was, we, we seem to have, since this thing started live in a land of leaks, like before Michal Martin comes on and gives us a bit of poetry and a bit of Irish, uh, we all know what he's going to say in early this stage. So huge amount of leaks and, and huge amount of excitement. I suppose in the GA world as well, like that it seems to be there that the inter-county is going to get to go ahead from maybe Monday week. Today, fortnight, is it? They're talking about the 12th. That they, yeah. You know, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah it looks it'd like... Be great, it'd be great boost to get, wouldn't it? And, and just for yourself, Derek, I know you, you just got the Easter holidays, I know, from, from the girls here as well, but, like, back at school and, and all that, like, underage is so badly needed to get back, isn't it? Yeah, and look, like, the irony of it is we, we've got a 25 guys in the class, you know, and we can't actually go into, a, you know, a full pitch that we have here in front of the school, you know, and it's, it's, it's crazy, really. So, but I think that's going to be addressed. I think it's... You know, I was just reading some articles about that, even the whole statistics around the mental health of the kids and how they've suffered, particularly during, during the lockdown. So I think, look, I think that's coming down the tracks and I think it's, it's, it's needed. Even on top of what schools are without already, you know, every school is, you know, from your own school days, lads, you know, there's, there's four or five buses leave the school every day between, you know, you might be going to the, to, 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 you know, the clown, clown championships, you might be going to the, to the hurling match, soccer match, whatever. TY trips, they're all gone. So they're suffering anyway as a result of that lack of that engagement, if you like, in school and the extracurricular stuff, the choir, whatever it is. And on top of that, not to be able to, to play, if you like, or meet and congregate for training, it's, I think that's going to be addressed and it has to be addressed really because you know, we have to be trusted in that regard in clubs. You know, I have the under eight in our own club now. And, and, you know, for us to be able to get together two or three times a week in a safe environment, which we had been doing in the middle up, up to before Christmas, would be great again for, for those kids and for, and for the younger. T- I, have a, I have a teenager as well. I have a 15-year-old doing junior cert or not doing junior cert now, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, he, he, he needs the two. I think we, we can all vouch for that, like, you know. Yeah, and TJ, your role as, as, as director of hurling yeah. there in the Gary Spillane Underage Academy, but no, like just to bring it back to your, your own, um, like you see it on the ground, like lads, even mentors are getting anxious at this stage, aren't they? Yeah, we're all, we're all met for roads. Like I'm agreeing with Derek there. We're not living with COVID. I'm not a doctor or a scientist and I never will be. But uh, like I think that a lot of things could have been done over the last month, like whether it's golf or tennis or GA, whatever your sport is, I think that there was a way which could have been maybe managed better for the month. I am really hoping that we will get to go ahead I'm with the under-15s in Gary's plan for the coming year and then we will be able to get onto the pitch. The one thing I was going to go back to Derek on there, right, is like I was middle of the road in school, right? And in my last year in school, right, we were in the B side of the, of the Cena Hurling. Like that Cena Hurling in its leaving certain sixth year for us, that was so important for us. We lived for nearly the five years of going through school kind of talking about that, knowing this was coming, right? Like, the guys missing out on that, you'd have to feel deeply sorry for him. And the other thing was, like, I went to college for two years, then we fell out. I'm not sure whether I fell out with college or college fell out with me, right? That's a different story, right? But the, the freshers, right? First year going to college, right? And, 
Like that's where you meet your real colleagues and your friends and you build something for the rest of your college days. So like, yes, it's very important for the underage, but there's two little segments there. And I'm sure all segments are important. I, I just feel really sorry. We, like, those guys could have missed out on a generation of a friendship. Like, it's incredible. I, I was going to get Derek's take on it, really. Yeah, and look, just to, to kind of to reiterate that, I suppose I was in the, doing the water for the Hartley team two years ago. They were beaten by a last-minute goal by, by Middleton. And I was in the dressing room afterwards. And I, I, I always say this, but the sense of togetherness and, and the, I suppose the, the tragic nature of the dressing room in terms of tears, but the memories created in school are often the greatest memories, you know. And, and we wanted to know 7 or 8 here with still massive friendships. The lads had... And we have a fanatic of a teacher here, Dermot Dooley, who did the teams with me in 07 and 08. Brilliant, brilliant guy from Cool Derry originally. But, and he had the hearty team ready to go. He had gear ordered. He had kind of extra tuition organized for him. He was making sure it was a, a, a journey for the lads. And we'd have a panel of 47 or 48 TJ as well. We'd have, we'd have fellas on the panel like that. They might be in trouble in school and you'd bring them with you, like just to, to get them out of the classroom for the day. It'd be less hassle for the teachers. A completely inclusive kind of attitude to the to the whole hearty and it'd be a brilliant journey for them as much as it would be for the TJ Ryans or, or, the, or the Anthony Daly or Mark Landers, the stars of the team, if you like. They just love being involved in the buzz of the hearty at every level, from first year up to sixth year. And yeah, they're missing out on that. As, as for the freshers, just to bring it back to 94, um, I was a fresher in UCC in 94 and Shami Maher and, and Richie Woods were actually the managers and John Coyley was actually the, the, the and Jerry Maguire were great mates. They were on the Fitzgibbon team and the crack we had, like, as regards, you know, down in Cork, it was my first time leaving home, I suppose, as regards to kind of a, you know, a, a novel kind of young fella from, from Waterford City, you head down to Cork, and the crack that they're missing out on is, is incredible, you know what I mean? And it's hard to get that back in terms of the, the, the forging of key friendships that you have for years. So, um, yeah, that, so when people talk about well-being and they talk about mental health, it's not an exaggeration to say that they're suffering, is what I'm saying, you know, without being an expert in the area. You know, you know we're, I'm just a teacher here normally, but, you know, the lads are, are wearing masks, they're muted anyway, they're, they're down in, in themselves, and it's, it's genuine, is what I'm saying, and it's real, and it's authentic, and it's very hard to get those times back. So we need to kind of, not that we need to open up, and again, I'll, I'll qualify, I'm not a scientist or anything like that, but we need to kind of just be able to manage them a bit better so that they'll slowly get back to what they're capable of being, if you like, you know. Uh, you can't you can't get back that fresher year like can your daughter mm. myself now UCC and she spent three nights in Cork, you know and just yeah. like yeah. just there you go like you know it's just uh, yeah I uh, you know I know Mark those you're right about the ground and I think for a lot of us and all but I, I just think that generation hopefully you know they'll, they'll get a break or two along the way and people will be I think a bit bit kind to that generation and, and we'll look at that in in how does it affect them Mark what would you be hoping. We'd go, what, what would you be hoping we get to go ahead for being realistic as well, Mark? Like, you know, we're not going to be all in, in the local fields tomorrow night or that. But being realistic, what would you hope? And that the GA, I know the GA now meet tomorrow evening, I think tomorrow afternoon, to consider what, what the government have said. I, I would expect from a, a club point of view, um, I don't see there being any reason why minors downwards shouldn't be allowed to go to the pitch. I think, uh, like I two lads met you and, and, and Charlie, five and seven, they are going to national school every day of the week. So as Derek mentioned about classroom size of 25 or 30 at the moment, so they're mingling within a group there on a regular basis every day of the week. So there should be no reason why those young lads can't be allowed down to the field on a regular basis. Um, 
Like that would be from a club point of view. Um, I, I'd be hoping that adult uh, club players would be allowed to to go back in pods, maybe a 15, anything the same as we had maybe last year. The dash will all go training out in the open air. Where and like certainly listening to any of the intercounty fellas that I've met before, they're really ticked off of the individual training. Uh, yeah. Like you know, we all look. There's not. We always did a bit ourselves, right? Okay, when you were you know, you'll be starting back with Cocker Water for the player or Limerick, maybe the first week of February or something. And you said, "Geez, you know what? I, I four weeks. I better do a bit. I better do a bit myself. Like to knock the, the knock the old soft bits off, you like you know." Three kilometer run, <laughs> <laughs> and about four stops in between. The yeah, I, I give up the biscuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think like listen to all these lads. They're really ticked off of the individual training, and they want they're they're missing their bodies as well as in the county. And you know, you spoke about I didn't have the luxury. I never went to college, lads. So, I, but I can I can imagine what it, it did feel like because I must say when I left the inter-county scene. My heart was broken for about 12 months because there was fellas who were meeting there for seven or eight years on a Tuesday and a Thursday night in a match of the weekend and there was great friendships and bonds were built up. Yeah, do we stay in contact with not a whole pile? I would say, you know, we wouldn't have the big massive relationship in Cork, I would say, once the game is finished and once you've moved on, life kind of moves on, maybe to the big county, we don't, we don't mingle or don't meet fellas on a regular basis. Um, so that, that, but I, I must say, I, I did struggle the first 12 months after losing the after leaving the intercounty scene, missing those that you've been with for the previous, you know, seven or eight years. But, but I think, you, I, as captain, as captain of the winning team in 1990, your responsibility is to get them all together for a game of golf at Christmas. Well, that's you know, that's the, the job, and don't mind the golf, don't be worried about the yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The well, 10 or I, 12 hardcore play the golf with the crowd, you will. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I must say now we, we were invited by the GPA to Crow Park last year. Uh, for the, We were a 20-year reunion, but there was five different. There was, so there was 10 years, 20, 30, 40, and 50 years. The previous, and just guess now, the guys from 50 years ago, nearly all of them were there. Yeah. And then our guys, there was about 12 of our team there. And then the, the Kilkenny team who were 10 there was only two or three of them there. So it seemed to be something, Anthony, as the older you got, the more, geez, you know, I've got to turn up to this thing because yeah. I wasn't getting another one. But we met at that night and we had a great night. We ended up actually down in the ball's head of this, as you know well. And we were there and we actually met up with Michael Fenley and um, David Herty. We had a good chat with them. But Paul Montgomery, so we, we used to go to Rams an awful lot uh, back in 99, but Monty opened a new pub inside in town in Clancy's and... Himself and Sully were on to me about the 20 year um, that we'd do something for the 20 years. And um, we reopened his, his new pub, Clancy's, and nearly all the team came to it. And Wayne Sherlock, he's sticking out my mind. He said, Mark, need to do this on a more regular basis. Because I'm after, we relive stories tonight. So, yeah, responsibility. But, you know, I must say, the bonds and the friendships that we had that made up that winning team were rekindled and you know you can do it too often as well there like you know you can you can yeah well we've the Christmas now and it's good it's good like and, and some lads can't make it certain years but you know they nearly always get in one out of five would you, would, you, would, you, would, you, would you get in would you do a Christmas party every year like once a, we would, year, yeah, would yeah yeah we yeah we didn't do it now yeah we would oh, every single year since I'd say about 90 2000 on 2001 too once fellas started to sign to stop and playing 
terrible right, one. Yeah. Uh, Christmas, did all. And it's we leave it open now. All the lads, modern, you know, fellas that have weren't on our panel at all, they come and they enjoy the night as well. Like, you know, right, even, okay. you know, the Dermot McMahons and the Tony Griffins and all those lads. And anyone, Jerry O'Grady, all those lads come along and hopefully the 13 lads now will start coming along as well. And it's great. Okay. It's great. All, you know, we just give it, leave it open idea. to them all. And there's probably 80 yeah. quid up front, lads. It's 80 quid golf and your B&B. And we try and, you know, sort okay. things in. But in context, talk about phone calls. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know a fella there. It's good crack. But look, as we'd be, what, TJ, just to bring it back, we, we see the year as staying sort of according to plan. We'd be hoping that county, we get it maybe uh, divided up league. I know there's fierce talk. The league would be 12 teams in the league. So uh, groups of three, maybe with the top teams going straight to the semi-final. So everyone gets a couple of league games and if you're and maybe a relegation as well. And, and then proceeding with the inter-county and it all finishing up in August, hopefully. And then handing the rest of the year over to the club because the split season it has been. We'll talk about Congress. I mean, Congress have gone with that now, but we're still in an exceptional time, I suppose. But we're hoping that stays to that at least. Although clubs did expect to be back about a month before that. Yeah, but today I speak for most of the country and any of the people I spoke to. Is the vibe is that from April the twelfth, right, that the intercounty will get that four week lead in, right, and start playing league games in May. And then in June, and as you said, the other championship will begin after that. Yes, it'll be a kind of downsized league, but you look at this stage, we'll take whatever we can get. The thing, I suppose, you said Neffet and the government meet today, right? If that gets knocked on the head and we don't get to go ahead from April 12th, well, then I think we're heading into the never never. Then I don't know what exactly is the next phase. Then I'll be fierce disappointed, as I said, personally, from our own point of view, trying to get going with my own kids and different, different ways. And then not being able to see inter-county action from May would be a massive knock-on effect. What are the downsides? The club season runs a little bit late, but again, in these difficult times, we'll take whatever we can get. If you got going there from sometime in August into September, like you could run club championships right into November. I'm assuming the extended piece of the club is the Munster club. Is that part of the parcel to go forward from this year? That piece could run maybe into January, February next year. That wouldn't be the end of the world. No. very much hanging on this conversation today Dillo. if that goes against us Jez I don't know where we go then oh, geez, I think if it goes against us Derek we're, we're looking at a winter All-Ireland again are we and the club's not getting a Munster club just play your club championship like last year and geez, at this stage like I mean we're approaching the first of April rapid like so yeah I'm going to be optimistic and say it's not going to go against yeah, us even though I know nothing about <laughs> I don't know the, not, you know but I think, I think yeah and look I'm delighted with the not just, you know, from a, a collective point of view, but even a personal level. I know our lads in De La Salle, they, they were kind of banking on, on, you know, the later championship, if you like. You know, the kind of, you know, they were kind of saying, we won't go back to Paddy's Day and we'll, you know, we'll take, we'll, we'll tip away rather than, you know, some people might, I know the year before, two years before that, our own club went back early December, like, you know, because, or, or sorry, late December, knowing that they get two league games in, or two championship games in April and then they'll be back over to the, so I think they've, you know, that's just a purely probably selfish uh, viewpoint on it. But yeah, I think, you know, getting, and I think it's an opportunity for the clubs, believe it or not, to have a, a social summer, if you like. And, and I know that's, I'm not promoting now <laughs> that they'll be in pubs or around that, but you could be up in the field on a Saturday all evening. All this, all this. I leave <laughs> a few in the pub. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, but be up in the field on Saturday evenings this year, you know, in the club and playing good, good challenge matches, if you like, and maybe have something set up outdoors in a safe environment and that kind of crack where you can, Last year was a little bit rushed for all the clubs where you're kind of squeezing in challenge matches over three or four. Now you could, you could possibly be, if the clubs are allowed back in May, that you could be looking at May, June, July, 
as a three-month window in preparation whilst the inter-county is on in terms of good incentivised leagues or good challenge matches, good training. And then hopefully, I'm sure as well, Anthony, that if your own team are out of the, of the inter-county championship, there's a leeway there perhaps to get your club championship started a little bit earlier. You know? So I'd, I'd imagine they'll put in that as an old caveat or a provisional kind of fixture list, you know? Yeah, you'll be up to yourself, I presume. And if you want to go up to the Kim Croke Cro- Sevens, that'll be up to yourself. <laughs> if, yeah, if you have yeah, three weeks yeah. to spare. A lovely picture, yeah. actually, I saw and came up in a Limerick J uh, of, a, of a 2003, I think, winners in Kilmacud. And there was lads in it that I didn't think it'd be too suited to sevens. Now, Donny Ryan would. But TJ Ryan, I, I never saw him as a sevens player, really. But you were winners all right, TJ. Winners all right, yeah. Um, I was showing uh, Mark our, our, uh, our route to the final there recently. Would you believe it if I told you this? In 2003, when we won the sevens, we beat Killa in the quarterfinal, right? And there was a certain man on this show who played in goals for Killa that day. Imagine that. <laughs> he must have been up there Friday night. Can you believe it? In Kilmacud, right? In seven aside, in a full-size pitch, right? We beat Cratlow in the semi-final. Ah, eight. come on. We beat him eight points to seven. There was no goal scored no goal. Of, 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 of a seven semi-final. Hard to believe. Uh, I will Podge, Podge and Conor McGrann all day in the three were, you know, they were only under 15. So <laughs> like <laughs> you were dealing with Ron O'Hara and if you like that, like, don't. Conor Galvin. I saw it on Limerick website or something like that. It was very good. I was going through it. I said, Tony, I would like to land Tony the sevens. I said, it was a great one with Clark Castle. Like, as if, if we ever went up the night before to the sevens, do you know, planned it, booked a hotel maybe for Friday night, Saturday night or a hostel or whatever. Yeah. We had no hope in the sevens. Because <laughs> <laughs> nothing to keep the boys in Friday night, can imagine. But if we, if we went up, we left our castle at six o'clock in the morning on the Saturday. We rattled it and we got the two finals and lost them. And, but like, you know, that was, that was, that was the rule too. When are we going? Someone would say, oh, no, I'll leave you off then if it was going up Friday night as a plan. Yeah. I remember standing <laughs> in the field before a first round and thinking everything was right. I was up in Dublin working at the time, whatever, probably still with the bank, but um, I was out in the field on my own with a Clarkassa jersey on me and the whole Rat Downey team, or, you know, a Rat whole team, but 10 of them were below warming up and the lads were getting out of the cars. And Stephen Sheedy got out of the car with a can of Coke and a rasher sandwich. <laughs> and while he was trying to put on his gear, I just went like, God, Jesus, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this was all, they were coming up Saturday morning, but I think they met up to organise the lifts on Friday evening yeah. and someone said we go for one <laughs> and of course they wound up in the Queens oh lads those <laughs> were the days I, huh? I, 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 I'll never forget we, we were up there one year and we had we had 10 players uh, the night before and one flick right off and we, we went up the night before and we, we struggled to get a, a tent filler but we, we found a fella in a but he arrived and it was lashing rain now the same day and we were playing but he arrived in a, and he had no he had no string in his shorts, and I can remember him sawing up the feet. <laughs> and the pants was falling down, right? So he had one hand, and the pants trying to keep it up, and he was sawing away. And I just said, to, I thought Ray Rattler was with me in the side, and I said, Ray, that just epitomizes the club and, 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 and the, the environment of lads, like, you know. Oh, Jesus. So, golly, if you're listening out, my friend, we had many a good laugh over that solo run that you made. <laughs> yeah. There could, be, there could be a book. I think someone in Kilmacud at some stage should just take the time 
and write a book and get interviews on the sevens weekend. Great like, oh, yeah. uh, great crack. Did you ever ever go on it, Darryl? You did it probably. Obviously. Yeah, we played, it for the series. We, played, we, we played a good few years. Yeah. Well, back in the early days, 95, I remember, actually, the year a year, was it 95 you beat Offaly? Was it 95? Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember watching the final that year. We were beaten by Port Row, but uh, Bally Galgett and, and Goran were in the final. And the two up front for, for Goran were DJ and Charlie Carter. So try and hold them now in the seventh. <laughs> <laughs> the, se- the seventh defender will be coming into play there. Oh, jeez. And the eighth. Jesus, wet. No, thanks. No, thanks. Speak on her back in that one. Let's see if you were in the Queen's you know, night before. And the irony of it was, Pat O'Neill was at the back and he was lording it. And you think a big fella is not suited to it sometimes. He was just, he used to just stand there and the keeper had ping it to him and he was, he had great hands as well, Pat O'Neill, you know. So it was just, sometimes you can, you know, you, you can feel it suited towards the speedsters. But some fellas are, are handy yeah. at it too, you know. The horrors are handy at it too, you know. Pat O'Neill was really good at it. That can, and that's why Killer put Mark Landers back to goal. But no, the goalie is absolutely <laughs> crucial in it all. Yeah. You know, yeah the goalie yeah. to be able to solo out and pick a 50 yard good ball. We yeah. used to always yeah. nearly play a lad out the field in goal, like, you know, because mm-hmm. you'll get a resting goal if you're up a few points and that yeah. kind of thing. But I look at church, it's great. We, we, we digress anyway, as usual. But uh, some things never change. That's good. <laughs> but let's look, we, we, we were all, we're very clear. We, we're hoping, we're hoping for good news the next couple of days and, and we all get back at it to a certain extent. We know everything can't open. As we had a huge Congress, in some ways it went under the radar a little bit. It, with the times that are in it, I feel, and maybe you, you would have thought that would be the opposite, but I just thought things were, were not debated maybe as much as as usual for the changes we have. And we have huge changes, as you know what I mean, for the first time. And we were all, well, I was one of the ones that was, don't bring in the black card, hurling. And maybe that was our own bit of snottiness in the hurling world as well. But we have it now, TJ, anyway. And uh, to specific enough, I suppose this for a deliberate takedown inside the 20 metre line. Um, no, it's not. You could pull a fella's hurley, I think, and that's not. I'm anti this under What? I'm anti this, this change. Okay, okay, talk to us. Why, Tid? Um, first of all, I think there's enough pressure on the referees at the moment. I think that they're struggling to get all the key decisions right in a particular game. I think a little bit like VAR in the UK, I think the specifics of this one, right? So my belief, right, is that if it's a cynical foul inside the 20-metre line, that the penalty is a black card and a penalty for, for the attacking team, right? So the questions I have is, what is a cynical foul exactly, right? Which would be wide open for debate. Um, I think, like, if you take it away inside the 20-metre line, out towards the sideline, does that constitute a penalty? I think major, major call late in the game to get that as a cynical foul. And I think it's putting more and more pressure on the referee. You will get, obviously, the attackers playing for us. I think this one is a recipe for disaster. How much of a factor is it going to be with games late on? Like me playing at full back in my day, right? Cynical foul definitely was there, Delo. I don't need to remind you of that, right? But now I just do it outside the 20 meter line. So if you foul somebody cynically 22 meters out, is, is the black hair in? My take on it is it's not, right? Is it a penalty? No, it's not. So I don't see the point of it and I'm against it. It's in for a year's trial, Mark would say. So, I mean, yeah. we're going to look at it for the year. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, at inter-county level, I could see that it could, you know, with all, everyone wired up and, and helping each other and, and that kind of thing. But club level, it could be just... Is it in in club level, lads, fully as well, for a trial for a year? 
I'm not certain about that. I'm not sure now, to be honest with you. I, 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 not sure. I think it is. I think it is. But look, I think it is, yeah. What, yeah, what's your take on it, Mark? Are you calling it? No, my, my take is I, I am pro. Uh, I am pro the black cap, to be honest with you, because... I the whole have, thing now, penalty enough. No, no, I'll talk away now. Okay, so, okay sorry. Like, no, no, you're right. Like, we picked out basically three or four incidents last year right through the pod for me. And the first one was the Danny Sutcliffe one, which comes back to TJ's point. Like, he did that about 45 metres out. He flaked him in across the league, and it was obvious what he was doing. That was the first time that I really saw a real physical, or not a physical tackle, a cynical tackle. Yeah, but just, just on that, Mark, before you go on, yeah. I watched it this morning because I said, just a quick look. He was about four metres inside the 45, you're bang on. Right. He actually didn't. And I had in my head that Denny would be good pal of mine, obviously, if my time in Dublin. But Paddy Purcell had the ball, fastest man in the country early when you get it on full flow, and was going away. Like He actually mm. only caught his hurley around where the tape had been near the boss. And he deliberately, yeah, yeah. totally cynically went down. And Christ. he didn't pull now. He just no, flicked no, the two he, legs. He, yeah, but he knew it. But it was cynical. Oh, but that, that's the distance it was out like. Yeah. So, like, now that is, that is not a penalty, right? So it can't be a warning because it's not inside the 20. But it definitely, yellow, it, it wants more than a yellow card. And I think I said last year, I thought it wanted a red card, Anthony, at that time, because I thought it was cynical, right? Um, we, look, you could, you, he could have thrown himself at it and put his holy out, put his head down and tripped him. But he was looking at his leg and he did he did hit, strike him with the holy. So, well, like, there was more incidents that followed where there was actually clear goal scoring opportunities that were denied. Uh, your man in the middle of the field for Limerick did it on one occasion, and there was another incident between Galway uh, and, and Kilkenny. No, outside the twenty-one, though, Mark. But do, no, those. Well, I thought those ones were inside the twenty-one. Well, the ones outside, for sure. But he didn't say which one, TJ. Why did you give it away? He said the <laughs> field. Your, your biggest, but the biggest issue will be, and this is where I was saying, I think it should be inside the semicircle, that area there, where there's a clear and obvious goal scoring opportunity. I think if it's out in the wings and it's inside the 21, that's not a clear, obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Now, so whether it's like you're giving a penalty, which is creating the free to give you a goal-scoring opportunity. So I think it should be down to a goal-scoring opportunity and then be awarding the penalty and be giving the black card. I, I think coming back to the thing about the pressure on the referees, I think the GA needs to up their game on the technology and the use of technology. I, I agree that VAR is over the top, but I think that the rugby have it down to a fine art. There's no pressure. Slower game. Slower game. But, 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 but TJ, if you're a punter and you're a player, so just take it from a punter's point of view, right? Okay, you're going to be chatting through it yourself. You're looking up at the big screen. You're having a debate. You're discussing it. It creates a bit of an atmosphere. Now, if you're a player uh, like a couple of years ago, whereby uh, TJ ended up that being in the All Ireland final because of the 65 that wasn't awarded to you, you may never have won the game, but you were entitled to a 65 that would have leveled the game two years ago. That technology would have sorted that, TJ. And that the biggest the biggest thing for me is that the technology is actually there. It just needs to be used properly because when it comes down the stretch on the important matches, everybody wants the fair outcome, TJ. It, like, like, it's not like, come here, a couple of years ago, your minors were done out of an All Ireland final as well because of a 45 that was, or because of a 65 that wasn't awarded. So, I don't like, 
look, I do think, think technology is the answer to a lot of issues, right? But how far do you go back? There's too many questions there for me with technology. The three or four basics I had for referees were, right, was I think the court official could really help the referee by taking the time off him, taking the score off him, right? Taking all those clerical things, right? And just, just ask the referee just to concentrate on the actual refereeing of the game, right? Things like um, the subs coming on and all that kind of stuff, right? All handled by the fourth official. That can easily be transferred, right? I think that that would be a big move. Like, just, there has to be pressure on the referee going down the stretch where he's looking at his watch. There's a point in the game. It has to be taken away from him. I think that would be a great start. The, the other thing I was going to come to, Dale, and you definitely did this to me back in the day, right? Take the scenario, you're inside cornerback, right? Don't you were flat, no national league, and you get oh. there after, after a tough winter, right? <laughs> right? See you on the Devon for one, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're inside the 14 yard line, right? Tight, right? So anything to the ball whipped from 70 or 80 yards, right? So you have a good hold to me, right? Right? Is that cynical? To me, it is. So yeah. are, we, are we saying now that potentially, right, that if the referee sees a tug of the jersey, right? In that instance, which is part and parcel of the hurling game, right? That we're now looking at a black card and a penalty? Fucking madness. Ah, uh, but yeah. the, the, that's not cynical. Come on, you, you know the four or five incidents that we looked at last year that we reviewed. They were totally over the top. Listen, any fella that, that's on this has played and has been physical and tough, but we never did the cynical stuff that was done last year. There was three or four specific incidents, and they were obviously cynical, teacher. Come on. Yeah, when you think like we, we mentioned Denny's one, right? Some of the other ones we think of is maybe Adrian Tui taking down Shami Callan Derek Craig. Earlier in the game, Ronan Maher taking down um, Conor Whelan. Yeah. Because we've been going yeah. catching Conor Whelan. Let's say who's catching. But what, yeah. what's your overall take, Derek? The essence of it. Yeah. I think the essence of it is slightly wrong. Yeah, I think the debate, than... it's a worthy debate anyway, I think, first and foremost. You know, because we're, we can't be totally, completely snobbery about, about the game, etc. So... I, I, I think the penalty is nearly enough without the kind of 10 minutes, if you like. You know, that's, that's, that's what I'd be. The difficulty is the one that the lads have pointed out, interpretation. Like, I watched the Will O'Donoghue one back this morning. They were ahead of this. I said, yes. I'll watch it back. And, and it was in the arc, like, where Will O'Donoghue took Stephen Bennett, right? So I was thinking to myself, right, at that stage, if you slow it down, then Keen Lynch, Dan Morrissey, and Sean Finn actually end up in front of Stephen Bennett after kind of Will O'Donoghue just kind of stops him, if you like. And you have Barry Nash and I'm not sure who else are marking right on the edge. Of it. So is it a goal scoring opportunity when there's, there's possibly two other defenders in front of Stephen Bennett after the Will O'Donoghue and there's, there's four actually defenders. So it's the interpretation of, from a referee's point of view, like is that a clear goal scoring opportunity? Like the old professional foul in the soccer when a fellow is true one-on-one and, and you clip him. I have no problem with that. I think that's a penalty. The other thing is the point that TJ just made. You're coaching, and TJ's up in St. Thomas is there over the last number of years, and you're coaching this kind of honesty in the tackle and putting your body on the line and, you know, putting your body on the line for your club and your county. And, and I think we love watching those kind of, and slow to say manliness kind of of the tackle, but that kind of fervor that goes with the tackle. And I just be worried that there'll be a, an element of kind of playing for the penalty, you know, when you get it in there, you know, just, just, and, it, you know, it'll be, it'll be too sanitised, if you like, you know, for the game. And I just, you know, I, I'd be worried about that element of it. So for me, I think the debate is worthy. I think the, the yellow card plus the penalty, if it's inside the arc, the arc card plus the 21 is worthy. But I think the 10 minutes at the end are, are you know, putting a fella into a sim bin was probably 
I would deem it unnecessary, if you like. But um, uh, I don't know. That's that that'll be my kind of opinion on it. Like, but I, I'd be, I'd be, it's the interpretation on the referees' behalf. And I see Willie Barrett and some of the referees said that it won't be much involved for them. But I, I beg to differ. I think there's, yeah. I think there's a there's a lot of work involved in this for them because you have to read the situation as it's in front of you. Like, how many are back? Who's back? Was Declan Hannan a covering player there? Was Tyde the Burka back? He would have cut him off. You know, so, so yeah. if Stephen Bennett shoots from 25 yards, but there's three defenders in front of him, has he been denied a goal score or has he been, has he been denied a shot, if you like, at the goal? Which is yeah. different you, than a goal score opportunity. You, what, what, you, what, you have Nicky Quaid in your goal, like, sorry, sorry Mark, just, yeah. you have yeah. Nicky Quaid in your goal, you're saying, shoot away and Nicky from 25 yards. Exactly, exactly. Okay, but like, okay, so you being a manager of the team, right, and you see Will O'Donoghue hauling down Stephen Bennett, right, would you be not of the opinion, it's Jesus will, what did you give? Like, okay, if the scores were level, right? The score was level and time was up and it's even been a race through and Will, I don't know who did the tackle he did there with three defenders in front of him yet to be tackled. You'd be, you'd be distraught with Will, I don't know who for, for pulling them down. Yeah, and look, look, again, if you watch it again, when, when I don't know who stops him, if you like, it's then that the boys kind of flurry back around. The point being, I suppose, that I don't know, that one might have been unnecessary, given the fact that, yeah. let's, take the, let's take the context in the situation as well. Like, they were eight points up, I think, Limerick, nine points up. I think it's 67 minutes or 68 minutes. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it kind of... A nothing a, free, it was a nothing thing in Ireland, was it? You no, know, it's a different context. So, it's, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to please, that's all I say. And it's going to, I think it's going to lead for... All your discussions on Monday mornings for the year, I guarantee you a lot of them will be centred around it. And Derek, yeah. in the moment for that referee, right, just what you spoke about there, right, to see is the clear, he, like, it, that's going to be near impossible to decide because yeah. like, you're going to need the benefit of a replay, you're going to need, was he true on goal, if that pass got through, like, yes, I think this is a recipe for disaster, Dale. I can see ma'am, no, like, go the other way if your team is two points up right and next thing the referee gives a cynical foul that wasn't really a foul at all look at how good some of the players and I even read during the week about how good that some people are now perfecting that getting under the hurley and locking it in and winning that free and bringing another fellow to the ground like some of the players are really really good at that now like right Jeez, I, I don't know I think we're opening a can of worms here Dillo. yeah and like the weekend of that congress lads and I, I just printed it out there I was reading it last night and looking at this morning there was a Radio 1 debate. I don't know if any of you heard it, but it was um, the James Owens on, as a referee. They had uh, a defender called uh, Jackie Turlon, um, fair bit one at cornerback, and then Dottie O'Callaghan on, who was your corner forward, as clean as a whistle. No, he was clever. I know, so Dottie, he was clever and could good man to draw the free, as we'd say about a good corner forward. And it was a great debate, I thought, you know, because you really three key people in the whole mindset. And like... James Owens was kind of welcoming it to a fair extent. I'm not so sure he was welcoming this sending off bit of it. But my take on it from listening to them and that you have to be brought to ground as well. So like Jackie made the point that if he could hold Dotsy up, he could drag him back, but he could hold him up. Technically, he couldn't be put off and it couldn't be a penalty. Like, and Jackie, good bit bigger and stronger than Dots. Now, you know, like, and they were two, they debated over and back. What if... And I, but my, for me, the essence of it is wrong, right? I go back to the first one I mentioned there. Paddy Purcell gets the ball. Like, Dublin are ahead. Leash are giving good, good account to themselves. There's no way. If the ref can say you stopped, like Paddy Purcell was going to go, try and draw Owen O'Donnell, throw it in over his head, and full forward together and try and beat Alan Nolan. Now, that was a good few things that had to go right. 
The pass had to be perfect. The full forward had to collect. And he could beat a really good goalie. Like for me, if Danny Sutcliffe knew that that might have been a penalty, even though it was 42 metres out maybe, but the ref said, clear goal scoring chance, penalty. I think there's no way Danny Sutcliffe would have caught his early shot and tripped your man. And I don't think if he thought his team was going to be put down to 14, there's no way. But I, I think the penalty is enough. I think we should leave it to the ref. There's no way inside the 21 over in the corner, lads, that we can ever call that a, a cynical goal scoring chance. Sure, any defender is going to say, you keep him there, keep him there, you have him there. Yeah. I think my, the essence my, my hope, of it is wrong. My hope is that in the process of the defender trying to be as honest as possible, that that he doesn't end up pulling the fella down, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense. You know, in the process of being honest, in the process of being absolutely putting his body on the line and tackling him well, that the forward kind of falls on top of him and next minute they're on the ground and now it's, now it's seen the cynical towel. You know, you know, kind of, and that, that's the hope for me, that it doesn't end up in discussions on that. And I suppose one of the bit of defending, Derek, over the last few years, that's all I was highlighted. And I think, I think J.J. Delaney does be smirking when he sees it highlighted. He's hook on, on Jamie Callan at the time. It was Jamie, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, like I'd say, JJ didn't even think about that. I mean, hook to JJ Delaney was as, as you know, just simple. But just say JJ had timed that slightly wrong and maybe got a little bit close to Jamie, tipped him on the back while hooking him, and Jamie goes over and there's a penalty awarded there. Like that's what I think you're coming from, isn't it? That yeah, exactly. Brilliant attempt to really do the genuine bit of defending mm. as, uh, that's in the rule book and everything, but just timed it slightly wrong. But how do we? It's look, it's like everything, like it's like being on the line, lads. We're going to get it wrong. It's like mm-hmm. being on the field and, and making a decision to give a ball to a fellow when there was another ball on. We're going to get it wrong at times. And I think we can't take away that spontaneity out of the game either. Then you're into the consistency across the refereeing spectrum, right? Like what referee deems what to be cynical because referee, the other referee. Like if you take the advantage rule, which came in, which is a very good rule, I think some referees, and we'll always be trying to find out what way does this guy referee the advantage rule, right? Some of you can have a cornerback coming out with the ball, right? Two fellas hanging off him, and the referees there giving the advantage saying, Jesus, will you just keep him the free? Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. at the other end of the field, a fella breaks the line and the referee blows the whistle because it's free. And so that piece and a very clear message from the referees to say, this is what we're looking for, this is what we deem cynical. But for me, I'm not in favor of the way it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I suppose, TJ, the other side of that is that we must give the referee as much help as possible. So he has two linesmen, he has four umpires, and he has the technology. And I think within 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds, they can come to a clear decision. And it is a big decision to be making giving a penalty or maybe giving a black card. They are big decisions to be made. And in all the big decisions, it is worth taking the time to get the decision right. Yeah, but in the current rules now, Mark, the umpire yeah. and the linesmen cannot be, That's right. give anything, yeah. right? Yeah. I think when Derek was referring to fellas like me, they're honest defenders, right? I think that you're going to have... <laughs> yeah, we're laughing at You're going to have cases where once the rule and the law comes out specific, you're going to have back, back to Jackie Turrell to say, he didn't go to the ground, he didn't follow up. And I, I, I believe as well, Dale, that if you pull the hurley out of your man's hand, it's not going to be deemed oh. cynical, which is probably one of the most cynical of them all. Right? So you're going to have that whole consistency of decision-making across the board. Yeah, I think Derek, Derek could be right. Uh, we could be a lot of Monday mornings chatting about this. Um, TJ, you were dirty in the forwards, never mind at the back. So you just put that to, to rest. Like <laughs> I, I, I like Derek's uh, description there, an honest defender. Honest defender. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, God, lads, we, we won't solve it, I suppose. We, we have opinions. One of the ones that's changed as well, Darren, I would have had a, if I can go back, geez, I'd have to go back 30 years now. But 
if I can go back and I was on the Clare 21s, I, I was captain my last year and, and I was on the senior team panel, whatever. I'd have hated to have to make a choice like about playing with the lads my own age I'd come out of minor with and, and uh, you know, that was huge and we wound up losing to Limerick in the park. Kieran Carey wrote to me, TJ, you'll be glad to know. Um, but um, he was in the forwards that time. I was glad to see him going back as well, a bit like yourself. But, you know, I'd have hated, now that's been taken away from us now. We saw it in the football as well and kind of degrading that grade, isn't it? I thought, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and look, I felt it. Giving a fella, putting that responsibility on a fella to make a choice at that age as well, you know, it's, 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 and look, again, going back to the, what we talked about earlier about freshers and memories of groups, if you like, you're with the one group growing up and then you may have to leave that group as well. And look, I, I think it's unnecessary. I think it's some, some things are unnecessary and that's one of the things that are unnecessary, if you like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Liz? Oh, 100%, 100% uh, behind Derek there. Um, like David Clifford and Sean O'Shea were the biggest example of that a number of years ago. They played senior in the county for Kerry and wanted to low play them 21 into the Kerry. Like, they take the best players from their underage team because they've been rewarded for playing a match with their inter county team is all wrong. It does not justify. Now, the only thing I would say, I'm not 100% certain whether, whether the rule is, Anthony, if your inter county team is still left in competition. That was the rule last year. But that has changed. So, in other words, Shane Barrett now, for example, for Cork, played. He came on against Dublin for a couple of minutes, which was tricky now, right? He was still... The under-21 wasn't played. Then Cork were knocked out. And then he could play. He played in the Munster under-20 final. But he yeah. would have... If Cork was still left in the championship and the under-21 match was played, he would have been ruled out from playing that under-20 match. In last year's? Yes. Because I didn't he think it was in, wasn't in last year. No, what was in last year is if you, Shane Barrett played for two minutes against Dublin and if Cox Senior was still left in the championship, he was ruled out of playing the rest of the 20th championship. I didn't think it was in last year. That, that part was in last year. Okay. I think what, is, what, what has moved on now is that you're taught, once you play senior and you're under 20, you're gone from the under 20 team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's aligned to the football rule now for definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, but there was a halfway house last year. Yeah, two things for me, Dello. I fully believe, right, this is only inter-county now. This is not in the club scene because it's obviously because carnage there, right? So this is only inter-county number one. What is the theory behind the thinking here? Like, is it burnout? Is it burnout. just... Burnout. Yeah. Burnout. Yeah, you know the way, like, we saw a lot, you know, when the championship was round robin, and then we got into the kind of latter stages. Um, we had a lot of lads playing again on the Wednesday night, hadn't we? In the under-21. No, I don't think anyone had any problem with it. Like, most teams had a few lads on the panel. Claire Marford, we had a few on the panel. You had a few on the panel. They played the Wednesday night. You didn't train them, obviously. They went back to the 21 panel on the Sunday night, and they just were part of their panel. and went out and hurled hard on the Sunday. And the Umphalas loved it. You know, and well, a lot what? of them weren't getting the game on the senior, and they were dying for matches, yeah. like... And what now, I, I just qualified this there, like a quick one was I marked Fergal Hagerty in Crow Park in a training session 26 years ago uh, two and two weeks and three days out from the All-Ireland final and our lads were playing Turles in the Munster final and four of us they're looking undecided this was historic and we weren't taking okay. a chance with four of them Frank Lohan yeah. I think Eamon Taft Stephen McNamara I think they were the four Fergal Hagerty and Stephen Hago littered each other as he'd want and, and like we got news from Turles back that the boys were only beating a goal, I think, without the four boys by mm -hmm. a tip team with Tommy Dunn. And like, for me, like, it's just that was, that, and there's a historic 
know, precedence yeah. like that, that is known, but I suppose for Clare, that was we'd never been in that situation before. And look, man made a call, all justified in by winning the senior, I suppose. Yeah, there's also the situation where a fella's at the tail end of a senior panel, he gets a few runs and his confidence is low and he likes to go back to his buddies to play at his own level and it does his confidence and, and his hurling and his club even game the world. But how many times have you... I was only at the tail end of the water panel there in 98 now and you go back to the club or you go back to the under 20s or the 21s at that stage and you'd love going back there because you feel you could bring somebody experienced as Garner yeah. at, at senior level back to that, that your own age group and you're amongst your own friends that you've grown up since Tony Forrester and, and you know you're taking that away really and you know hide the madness yeah I agree I agree the other thing that all referees in, in Galway anyway I can say Derek straight out um, that's, that's a big one is that the where foreigners are gone <laughs> They're gone from the field. There's, there's a lad, Turlock Moore, Big Barry Cullen. There's a speed to the show. Barry, if you're listening now, I'll be staying over my own side this year. Don't worry, kid. But, like, there was a big presence in Mwerishka in Galway over the last three years. Oh, all justified by bringing home the cup every year, like as well. Um, but they're gone now off the field. What, what, you, what you make of that, Mark? Um, I suppose, look, a, a lot of it had to do with the, the Gregory. Um, the Gregory incident between Kilkenny and Galway oh, a number yeah. of years ago was highlighted. Greg Kennedy. Uh, Greg Kennedy, yeah. It was, but I think TJ didn't stay over to make, you know. Um, I, I think, I, I look, I think in some situations the Merferno were abusing their position. They probably were entering the field a bit too often. They were making it awkward, I think, on the football side of things where they were appearing where maybe a, a keeper was trying to kick the ball into that section. No, I, I hadn't realised that until I saw it in a Sunday game one night. I, I think it's a down, it's not a help to the management of any team that you can't get a message into the team or at the far side of the pitch. I don't think that's helpful now because when you're playing with 30, 40, 50, you just can't get messages uh, to the players, which is, I think is it's, that is a downfall. But it, look, if, 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 if the GAA had maybe been, maybe suspended a couple of more Merfoners or maybe find them, would have put mammals on them or something like that. I don't know, like, you know, but certainly I think it's a step backwards, but it's probably of the Merfoners doing that it actually has come to this. Like. So would you say it's down to TJ Ryan? Like? Well, himself and his buddies, I suppose, like, you know. TJ, you, you'll miss, well, you were pulled out anyway and you've t- put the under 15 referees in Limerick, like, but they ain't for a handier time now as well. I will have to say that it definitely misunderstood here. Um, I... Got sent off in the county final in Galway um, for stepping onto the pitch by Christy. You never played in Galway in your life, but you got sent off. Got sent off, yeah. I thought Christy was hashing me that day. I had words in afterwards. Um, where am I on this? I'm going to link this to the water breaks there, all right? Mm. I Which I hate now, I'm going to say straight up. I hate them. Yeah. I think that from a management point of view, if the water breaks stays, right, and halfway through each half that you can enforce and maybe a tactical change in a collective area, I think you could live without the Merforan, right? I think if the water breaks go after COVID, and I don't know what the thinking behind that is, I think the full 35 minutes, right, without the Merforan getting into the pitch will be troublesome for management, right? Um, trying to communicate, let's say, a couple of line changes or maybe a tactical change or whatever without the Merforan is going to lead to issues. What I could see, right, we were talking about this at home the other night, right, is are you going to see a situation, let's say, with 10 minutes to go in the first half, some player is going to go down. The doctor is going to become a mini Merforna, right? And he's going to basically go in and treat Derek and say, right, lads, 
he's okay, right? Here is the change coming in. And in fairness, that's the way like modern people, modern coaches and modern managements think they think outside the box as to how am I going to get my communication through. So where am I on it? I think if the water break stays, I'm okay with it. Without the water break, I see it as an issue. Okay, and and uh to the suit the likes of Dr. Khan, Mark, wouldn't it? If he could have gone on and, get, if he could have gone and made a few changes. He was making the changes. Anyway, like. He was making them all, all. He made all the changes, for God's sake. There was no manager made a change without, without the, the doc says so, for God's sake. No, but, uh, but, but, but like, I, I'm all for the water breaks, but I, as I said last year, I think the inter-county game should move back up to 80 minutes, and I think we should have four 20-minute quarters. That's what we should have we, we, yeah. we should, There's too much time in it for going in by the inter-county lads, like 70 minutes. It, it's great. Like it, it is, and as you know, we covered this last year, it is going into 77, 78, 79 minutes anyway. So I don't understand. Go up to 420s would be my view and keep the water breaks. You have your on-field discussion for five or six minutes and I wouldn't have two, I think two minutes is too, is too short. Give them three or four minutes and then have your half-time break, give them 15 too minutes. Much football, Oh, he's watching too much rugby. He was on about it already, Sharnil. There'll be 80 minutes gone now and we'll see Declan Hannon turn around and belting the ball up into the stand. We've won, lads. No Derek, I saw you. I know. But I saw you with the Harriers a couple of times last year. We were all streaming last year. The first time yeah, I really yeah. saw the Wexford Championship. Like, like the water break. Like, what? Get one good message in. Was that the... I mean, you can yeah, hardly be confusing things. And, and you know, sometimes... Because you know there's a break coming, you think it has to be pre-programmed for. Sometimes you just wouldn't say anything. You know, I think sometimes it's it's either well well kind of managed, and and you see the dub footballers have the backs and forwards separated, and everyone has teams. And Limerick are very organised as well. But I think I heard you discussing the last year. There was one stage in the Munster final, where Kylie just pushed the <laughs> pushed the tactics board aside at the very last quarter break, water break, and kind of baby huddled in and kind of said. So I think. But I'd be very disappointed now with the with the mayor Furna being role being dissipated. I, I have to say because even even from you know watching it, I, I find it's fascinating to watch Kinnerk or Bullfin or or any of these people that are involved with the teams to see them initiate a change and see how that affects the game. Then and and watching that as a spectator, I would have been enthralled. But even watching your own man for years in Dublin, there Dale is a hedge, yeah, and 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 Dan even with myself. I thought they brought a bit of theatre to it. They brought a bit of kind of excitement to it. Now, I accept Mark's point that they're probably overstepping the line, but I think there could have been more done to kind of, you know, to kind of maybe just give them a, a smack on the wrist and kind of say, I think we're underestimating the contribution that these people make to the actual quality of the game that we have. You know, you know, I, I remember watching Kinnerk going in with Richie McCarthy a couple of years ago when he was going in at the end of the game with, with Limerick and he was just running alongside of Richie McCarthy. Mikey Casey had gone off with an injury, I think, and he was just giving him his instructions and they were changing their, just their formation for a few minutes and just being able to watch that, I just don't understand it really. And I think what, will, what it will lead to is TJ's point. You'll have people that will be appointed to management teams now that will be unofficial selectors. You, you know, there's a thing in the, in the GA rules where your mayor Ishka can't be an official member of your management or whatever. You know, your, your, your mayor Ishkas and your mayor commands. I think what you'll see is you'll, your, your hurling carriers will now be unofficial selectors and, and they'll be part of your coaching team as opposed to, a, you, know, you know, name selectors with the county board, if you like. And I think people will find a way, the innovators will find a way, if you like. But uh, the water breaks, I'm not in favour of them. If we could find a way post-COVID of, of leaving the half slow and... and 
having a now having a kind of a you know a mere risk and then having their having their say as part of the management team I'd be okay but I'm not in favour of the management of the, of the the water breaks I just don't like the break in, in momentum in any any section of of, of of the half first or second half so I'd be I'd be kind of anti water break to be honest with you. Are they going to go to a timeout, Dale, or something? Anyway, Dale, I was going to ask you a question there. Surely you sent the mayor Forna down telling the corner forward, the corner back. If he doesn't get his finger out, right, in the next two minutes, he's going to be out here beside me. How do you get that <laughs> message without the mayor Forna? Well, I tell you, uh, he retired there uh, the, the year Paul Ryan, you know, great character, Paul Ryan, like, you know, great man. What a man over a dead ball and what, what hands he had as well, some of the scores he got, you know, a couple of goals in Leinster final, uh, mighty up, but like, I kind of give up on sending Hedger down to Paul Ryan for a finish, like, because Reiner, like, you know, Reiner get a ball, like, and if you nearly send down the instruction, tap it over, everything tapped over, keep the scoreboard going, you know, Reiner definitely go for a goal if he was told up for a point. And so I said, there was no point confusing the whole issue. And he said, lads, they do whatever he wants. Like, I said, why did you tell him to go for a goal? I never told him to go for anything. After two years of him were over, now he didn't, he was away in 09, but 10 and 11, like, after that, I just said, I'll let Reiner do whatever he wants. So, and I, there's some great images there. There, me and you, like as managers on the line, never got to have a row. It was either Hedjo and Dan, or me and yeah, Dan, yeah. or you and Hedjo. That was never <laughs> mattered. Like, you know, <laughs> so it was like, and I, I think when you said it there, Shorsha Bulfin obviously is obviously one of the ones like who, you know, tell you, did Shorsha Bulfin got fair fit TJ under Davy Fitz? Like, <laughs> we thought it was Davy at times running into the feet, like, yeah. but uh, himself and Tommy Dunn in the All Ireland semi final last year, they're right. I, I, we're in the RTE box like down that mm. corner of the field as you know like you're at the Canal end uh, Jesus like Tommy and Tommy now wouldn't be that confrontational let's say but obviously yeah. Liam was saying hi that's what goes in you get in quick as well like so there was Tommy here and across the 21 yard line and yeah I thought it brought drama and even TJ and, and Barry Conan was one of the one of the best <laughs> moments it was, it was absolute magic TV yeah. well that's great great, great stuff um you know, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen with the fancy hurling this year, as we presume it'll come in for the championship for definitely. I don't know whether the lads in Owen Rua or Irua up there in, in Toronto, in Dungannon, are planning to do it for the league now because they'll wait, have to wait to see the format. But there, I know when your dad was ill last year, you took a bit of a backseat from everything. And, and uh, just like to reassure you, you still finished ahead of Mark without changing your team. Are you using any of like, have you been have you been discussing it at home or anything, Mark? Or any lads and kidding like oh no, I, I tell you the best thing that came in the lock, the last lockdown was the 5k limit that you couldn't drop the wooden spoon down to me. I have it. And I it, have it. You have it, you, I tell you, you know the best. Do you know what my you know you're you're opening up the pub again now soon, hoping the very best. Do you know what you do now with the wooden go and frame that now by and you can yeah, you at least you can say you got something from Cork. Well, I might put it into a corner and call it Lander's Corner, maybe. <laughs> I was think, thinking of that, like, you know. The, the pad corner. Put it in yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yes. definitely. So, yeah. so we, yeah, we've all that crack to look forward to as well. Before we move on, I just Sorry, heard a lot of stuff going on under, under the cover about Claire G. Is that a story for another day, it is? What's this? Did you hear something about Claire? A lot of little innuendos and stories and agendas and... County board yeah. rules and different stuff and all that. So will we leave that for another day, will we? Ah, look, we, we, I think we there'll be a more in-depth view from the examiner, whether it's here or in the paper, TJ. But yeah, look, I think, look, TJ, yesterday, for the first time, for the second time in six weeks, I think we got a break from the Sunday newspapers um, about Claire J. And nothing got to do with Tony Kelly or Shane O'Donnell or... 
David McInerney or, or any of the great players we have. And, and uh, for me, that's, you know, uh, was a relief, but also all wrong as well, you know. And, and, and look, I think there's probably going to have to be change in Clare J. There is change. There's all these new committees, but, you know, some of the stuff, TJ, to be honest, that was coming out there would upset me. Do you know, I mean, I came on to the Clare's panel 31 years ago, whatever, and it kind of brought me back to that, to be honest. Uh, you know, I know there was no emails 39, 31 years ago, but, you know, 29 unanswered emails, cutting locks to get into Cusick Park, trying to pay for meals below Wexford, stuff like that. Like, I, I just thought that that shambles was gone. And, like, I was Clare manager for three years and I didn't have any of that. So I know now when I was there, we were in the middle of the boom, I suppose, and maybe things were easier. But look, Club Clare have made a major effort to relaunch and, and kind of, well, they were there now as well, but like really reinvigorate. I was thinking about this like last night, maybe, and you look at maybe the greatest example of us, maybe some counties need TJ, a very strong supporters club. And the greatest example in Ireland, the Club Tyrone, where a success set up under Mickey Hart and, you know, their centre of excellence is just incredible up there. Like in Garvahi, is it? Um, like ours is a shambles in Carroll And so Club Clare, and like, I think there's been a great uptake and they're trying to drive it on. And you probably need, you saw the whole initiatives in Offaly over the weekend. I think they raised over 200 grand and counting with the Canal Walk thing and Michael Dignan, tremendous driver there. I think we, we need to look at the whole thing and, some other allegations, nobody has any ideas. Well, look, I don't. I won't get into that in new yeah. uh, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. But doing it yeah. in, in modern day uh, hurlings, because like a, a top level club action, now, right, and, and top level in the county, right? Like it's it's a massive business. There's a huge platform of our areas to be covered and to give the team every chance of success on the field, right? And that can be from SNC to nutrition to headspace to even just even like employment and way of life. And it, like, it's just a massive area for teams to cater for, right? And the, the, the way I'll come back is I just think that if boards at club level and county level aren't on a platform where they're there to make things better year on year on year, right? Well, then I think you're going to struggle. And that's the key area for me. And I'm at home in my own club trying to, like we put a gym in place this year, just trying to get a platform where we're going to try and make the teams of the future that little bit better and at least give them the opportunity. And for me, it's very simple. That if you're in a situation that where you're trying to explain this to somebody who doesn't understand you're in bother, like, right? Like, no explanation is possible to somebody who doesn't yeah. understand what's going on here. And that, that, that's the simple facts of the matter for me. And it does disappoint me. Like I thought Claire. In fairness, we're very, very good in the championship last year. I thought that the loan did a great job. And tactically, they were good. To me, they seem to be making strides. And they would be a team that you'd be putting down for, like, can they make the next step? Like, we can speak about Waterford and all these other teams down the road. But for Clare, is, they would need all the help they can get on all those fronts. And if they're not getting that, well, then it just makes life a little bit more difficult. And I think, Mark, just before you say it, like, I don't know, you were, you were through your issues, like, obviously, over the years, and a few strikes. And I, I think Partee just coming from there, like there needs to be a holistic approach now at inter-county level, like the lads are, you know, I saw it in Dublin lads and it's easy time, managed Dublin six years with them and there was a holistic approach, like in terms of players and helping them to achieve the very best they could achieve on the field. And I just think that needs to come into play if you're at the top level anyway and you have ambitions, have to have it. Yeah, but was Costello there when you were there, Anthony, was he? He was. John Costello's been there originally, longer than yeah, I was there now, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I've no doubt that a fellow like him at the helm was a huge help to the management of yeah. the hurling and the football. 
and progressing the the intercounty scene like but like it's hard enough to win matches and prepare teams without something dragging you off you're here which is the manager sending in 29 emails and none of them be responded or when you turn up to the training field and you have to cut the locks off the gate to get in like I mean you don't need that hassle that's that's like coming home at night and all the doors are locked and there's glues inside there's glue inside and all the keyholes and you can't get in like that only happened occasionally <laughs> She's still with me. <laughs> Fair play. But like, it, it, it just, it's, um, yeah, we've been through it, Anthony, and it's not nice. And um, like the first strike that happened in Cork was was a players versus the county board. It was nothing else. It was a straight shootout between the players and the players were on their own. And I made this point to you. I would never want the players in any county to have to do what our set of players did at that, at that time. Whereas we were young men then. Like I was... So myself started arriving with the eldest. We were 27, 28. When I gone down to the likes of Jordine and, you know, Sully and them, 21, 22 years of age, taking on the county board on their own, it is not the place of the players to be driving it. It is the place of the county board representatives from each club to be driving the agenda, as far as I'm concerned. And if the club delegates can't see it themselves, and we remove club delegates in our county here because they were aligned to the county board and when you had delegates in our county that would go down to their own committee meetings and be given instructions going to vote in a certain way, and they still voted with their own personal feelings, which was time to remove those fellas immediately. And of course, some of those fellas would still wouldn't be talking to to this day. But look, come here. When they thought they were bigger than the club, it was time to be moving them on. Like, yeah, I suppose Gerald Nan made a comment about the delegates like years ago. <laughs> putting more sort of uh, growing material on top of them <laughs> the more you can give them the better they get but look uh, look someone has to do it I suppose and just in clear I'd have been disappointed there we had a delegate that stood guy stood up and you know asked a few questions and not another delegate opened his mouth <laughs> just silence in the room and we're, yeah, well, we're yeah. moving on so lads you know there was no one yeah. else kind of look yeah it's a, but look as regards Carlow now let's say there's a good few committees they say rogue committees come in and clear my independent guys and they're, I think, willing to take suggestions from anybody out there that's affiliated to the GA and listen to them and see can they bring them forward or not as, as they see fit. But as regards Carol Owen, the board put a committee in place headed up by, by Simon Moroni. Now, Simon B, former mm. secretary, the Munster County, top, top official, I would serious, say. And serious, for me, that, yeah, for me, I'd be inclined to say that's, look, that's a fantastic committee. They'll get Carol Owen right. Because if Simon commits to something like that, he'd usually do it. But I think that holistic approach, Derek, is massive for players and that, isn't it? You know that they feel there's something special, not that anyone's trying to drag them back. Yeah, and I think that's it. Probably would have been scoffed upon seven or eight years ago when you're talking about holistic development of young lads, and it's, I think it's just a complete reflection of society, I suppose, in general. You know, it, it just just how things have changed for for the pathway of of the modern player, if you like, and it's ensuring that there's alignment with the people above you, around you, supporting you, and if there's alignment and a similar thought process we're not talking about a situation where you, you have everything you, you absolutely need to, to the point where it breaks somebody you're not you're not talking about unreasonable stuff but you're talking about people on the same wavelength in terms of the thought process you know you know where do we need to go and it also it takes time you know it, it's, it's ironic we're talking about it on the morning where, where where the debate is about Stephen Kenny and the FAI as regards what Stephen Kenny is trying to do and you know, what the FAI perhaps are trying to align in terms of support that's available to them in terms of all the way down to the academy levels, if you like. So you're looking at the psychological development of the players. 
you're looking at the, the, the nutritional development, the strength and conditioning development, and you, you want them to have fun as well on the way. You want them to still be, be able to go back to Gary Spillane or Claire Castle or Killa or De La Salle and be able to say, I love being up in the club. So yeah. <laughs> that's the whole thing. That's, that's what we're all trying to do, I suppose. And for that, to, for that to happen, you need people of similar thinking across all the facets of, of your club and your, and your county executive. And I think sometimes epiphany moments create these things, but you know what? I think it's just time to drive forward now and, and look, to, look, to, look to the future as much as anything else in creating that and an acceptance of that. Because if you said that in years ago, if, you, if I went into my club even 10 years ago and said, look, I think we should be looking at the, you know, the mental health of some of the lads. You know, we should be looking at our, you know, maybe giving them some educational support. You might get the, you might get the, the answer 10, 15 years ago. I'm sure if they can't cope with, the, with the pressures being out in the field, they won't cope with, you know. Whereas now it's, it's, it's a little bit of a different approach needed. And I'm glad that that's been accepted within, within, within the higher echelons of, 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 of it has to be accepted. Whether, whether it is being accepted, it has to be accepted within the higher echelons of the GA that that's the process. And I think it is being, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's look at what we want. I, I suppose, like, just on, like, I suppose if you don't have an AIG, a Tenio, a Limerick set up to you, um, a Kerry group, you, you probably do need that really independent, strong, not independent, linked, obviously, it has to be linked. And with this Club Clare, the vice chairman, um, Kieran Keaton, I think, is, is on Club Clare. He's one of the top guys in it, and Brian Lohan is in it, and independent people. Um, are in it there, you know, ex-minister Tony Killeen, Pat Kyo, James's wife Caroline, who's you know, top accountant in the council. So, they, like, that's a great group, and they will drive on. Deirdre Murphy, all these people, Johnny Cannon, they'll drive on. I think that's probably the way I, I look at that Tyrone thing and say, you might not have the massive sponsor, the massive, massive sponsor. Pat O'Donnell has been tremendous for Clare. Like, if you don't have that massive, you know, sponsor there, you do need that driving force. And I don't, Limerick are always fundraising as well, TJ. <laughs> and they're often thrown up there as the example. There is, like, I think, I'm watching the crown at the moment, right? And, like, the, 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 well done. the, whole, the whole administration. And the, Lockdown has gone on too long, man. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, I'd be a fan of Philip, in fairness. I've never seen him. Were you watching, are you probably watching Oprah a couple of weeks ago as well, were you? No, no, I didn't see that. But to answer the question, I think part of the problem with the GEA, and I won't say it's a problem, it's just an old adage, right? I'm in every committee, county board, club, up and down the country, what I would call is just ticket and tear boys, right? That they're just there. <laughs> once they get their ticket and once they get the tear at half time, they, they'll vote with, with, with the crown. They will do that all day long, right? They're not thinking of the vision of the future. And like you go back to the GEA, someone had the vision to build Crow Park back in the late 80s, early 90s, right? There are clubs up and down this country, right, that have facilities that are just unbelievable. That needs vision. And every county has a huge facility to raise money. There's clubs raising hundreds of thousands of to keep themselves afloat, right? I think in a county setup, once they believe that everything is run correctly and that everyone is happy and the inter-county teams are being prepared in the best possible way. There are people like in counties who will believe that an SNC guy for your under 15s and 16s and 17s, why would you be doing that, right? And all of a sudden now you're explaining, you're behind the curve and that's the type of change that's required. As Derek said, they're on the mental side of it. So it's just that complete overview approach. And when you're a top man, and it might have to come in the form of a group outside of the county board for your kind of, like, there's just different facets of the county board. There's player development, there's team development, there's facilities, then there's club fixtures, 
But if you've got somebody at the head of an organisation that wants the best for Clare, football hurlers, that those teams are prepared from underage all the way through, whether it's food, nutrition, SNC, coaching, the next manager, all that. If somebody's not doing that in a very structured way, you have a potential to be behind the curve. I would say Dublin are definitely the chip leaders at the moment. And in fairness, in fairness Dale, to, to Waterford GA, Waterford GA announced their strategic plan a number of weeks ago. Like, they had top men involved, Fergal Hartley, XPR, Michael Walsh, City Council Manager here. And the leadership shown by Sean Michael in the chair there and, and Pat Flynn, they, they have the, the vision, I suppose, of, of what's needed to be done. And they have a, a brilliant incentive for kids on Saturday mornings in clubs called Well Kids. And they put great strategy and great time into the development of it. And, you know, they're, they're, they're leading the charge in that regard. And again, we as, as I suppose, patrons of the GEA or, or club members, normal club members, it, it just takes time to, to implement that. And you need to have the patience to be able to, but once it's been done in the right way, as it is being by Waterford GEA, um, and, and it shows great leadership as well from the exec to be able to step back and say, hang on, we, 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 we leave this to this crowd now because they're experts in this field and we'll be able to link in with them where necessary. And I think that's, that's a good sign always, you know. Yeah, and, yep. and in, in our own county here, and the two, two major things have happened on the financial side of things uh, in Cork. The Rebel Bounty Draw has been a massive success. And I can tell you when Kevin O'Donovan and Tracy Kennedy lodged Rebel Bounty, there was sort of negativity towards it. They just basically put a number on which said they were a junior, intermediate, or senior, so 50, 70, and 100 tickets had to be sold. Anything sold above that, then the club kept the funds. And it has put about 1.9 million euros back into clubs' pockets uh, in the space of about nine months. So that has been a fantastic success. And the other thing that has been launched is, is One Cork, which is basically um, Teddy Owens, Michael O'Flynn, uh, and Kevin O'Donovan again, rather than you know, an individual or a sponsor being dragged from you know, one or two or three different areas, just come together as one group, one person, make one approach to an individual and get, we'll say, whatever the figure is going to be. So that there are two massive things that have happened in, in Cork in the last 12 months from a, on the financial side of it. And we, and we above all, our finances are in, not, I wouldn't say, great shape after the stadium, but we're going to solve it ourselves. That's, that's the reality. Yeah, that's why you want the matches gone out to 80 minutes so that everyone goes to the park. If you like American football, you'll be there for about five hours, like everyone drinking a few beers, the whole lot. But I tell you, the ticket and tearful as love no hope in Cork TJ. That's great stuff, great, great. And Derek, thrilled to have you with us. And just in case any clear people are listening to this, we, we are, we don't, like there's a lot made of the Limerick Academy and all that. I, I worked in that. Like there's fantastic work going on in Clare underage and, you know, don't worry, there's loads of work going on for football in Ireland. We are, you know, just a few issues that have been highlighted. And I guess I just want to make people <laughs> that I know of that there's fantastic work going on at county level, club level, and, and we won't be left that far behind. And I think you're right, TJ. We weren't that bad last year and, and you know, could hopefully kick on. Um, great stuff, lads. Uh, ticket and tear day to start it off. Um, I think the plan is until we maybe see action, lads, that we're going to be on a, a two-week schedule. So we'll have Paul Rouse and, and the football lads next week, um, unless that's subject to change. I don't think it is. Uh, kicking off as well. And like, they're fantastic panel there as well. So anyone interested in that kind of thing? And they're just a great listen anyway, if you're out walking and stuff. And we've gone over time as usual. Probably set the template for the year. Uh, Wi-Fi issues, broadband issues. Larry Ryan 
he's after promising me a new cable up here, Tully Crying anyway, in West Clare. So, lads, if the cable is coming up, I'd urge anyone from Dara to Lissy Casey out along the road, lads. It's coming up from, from the Irish Examiner. So, link in the houses up along the way. It'll be finished here down in Murty Browns. Uh, we'll have an official opening for the cable uh, feed. No more. Clear Wi-Fi, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, lads, but we gave you a good enough dig out when we could. Great stuff, lads. Pleasure as always. And uh, Derek, enjoy the holidays. Take it we'll easy. Do. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you, boys. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 